vision, the definition of vision. Vision is a mental picture of the preferable future, according to Bill Hybels. And we need to understand that you need to know where you want to go from now. Vision gives you direction of where you want to go from today. Amen. It is a picture that produces passion. You know when you have a vision, you you have passion. You channel your energy and everything that you have to the vision that you have. Amen. Ken Blanchard says, vision is knowing who you are. It's very important to know who you are because if you don't know who you are, you'll abuse yourself. You'll do things that you are not supposed to do. That's why it's the key for you to know, to have purpose about your life. Amen. So vision is, a clear, is as clear as the state of your lenses. So if ever your lenses are dirty or they are dull, you'll never see clearly. But once they are clear, the vision will be that clear in your life. So be aware that it's your responsibility to make your vision to be very clear. Amen. And then vision is making sense of your life. When you have a vision, you live with a sense of purpose. You live with a sense of direction. You have choices. You don't do nomain. You do things according to your vision and your purpose. Amen. A man without a vision is a man without a future. A man without a future will always turn to his past. That's what Chris Valentin says. So you need to realize that if ever you don't have a vision, you'll always default to your previous life. Simply because you don't have a vision for your life. Amen. Clit Kate says, a knife cuts because it has a narrow focus. So you realize that if the knife is sharp, it will be able to cut. So if you want to cut issues of your life, just be focused and know what you are called to do. Amen. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 in the New Living Translation, it says, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Now here it's clear that if ever you don't have a vision, if you don't have a guidance, you run wild. You do anything, anytime, anyhow. I mean, one of the neighbors, Nasna Vision, HCBC says, without revelation, the people run wild, but one who listens to instruction will be happy. So a person with vision is a person who likes to be instructed, who is guided, who has something that speaks into their lives. Amen. And the message translation says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Amen. So whenever you attend to what God tells you, you'll be most blessed. That's why the Bible says, faith without works is dead. When you observe to do what is written, then you'll be the most blessed person. Amen. Exodus chapter 32 verse 25. 
in message translation, it reads thus. Moses saw that the people were simply running wild. Aaron had let them run wild, disgracing themselves before their enemies. When you don't have a vision, you disgrace yourself before your enemies. Without a vision, why So vision helps you to know how to carry yourself, how to live a life that is worthy of the calling. They are in self-destructive mode, letting themselves to slip through their fingers because they have no vision. So you realize that they, they allow opportunity to slip through their fingers simply because they don't have a, a vision. Without a vision, you will never see opportunity even when it comes. So it's very key for you to have vision for your life, have an understanding for your life. You need to see the picture of the preferred future. What life do you want to see? Or wapela because it's today. You shouldn't live because it's today. Live a life of purpose. Live a life that is planned, that is organized. Know what you want to achieve for the day so that you have the best future. Amen. So ideal and unique picture that produces passion. It's ideal and it's unique to you. That picture, because it's only you, it's only practical because you are unique before God. You are God makes God workmanship created for good works. There are purposes about you as an individual. God doesn't treat us as a group. So as an, as an individual, what is your vision? What is your passion? Where are you going with your life? And you must do it with passion so that people can admire what you are doing. Amen. Irrespective of the situation, God lightens your eyes. So some of us, we are waiting for a better day or a better time. It doesn't have to wait for a better day or a better time. God will enlighten your, situ- uh, your vision in that very situation you find yourself. Simply because God is there for you, God is able to help you to overcome. Amen. So what do you see for yourselves concerning your life? What is it that you see about your life? Do you have a mental picture of your life? We put a little guy in the next 10 years. Or five years. Or next year. We put a little guy with And what are you doing to achieve that? Most of us, we repeat the same mistakes we did in the previous time simply because we don't have a vision and a purpose for your life. Maybe you say, I want to learn a new language. Maybe you say something. I mean, you had vision since the beginning of the year. How far are you with that vision? What is it that you brought before the Lord and say, Lord, this is, a, this is what I want you to do for me. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 1 from verse 6 to 7. It says, The Lord our God spoke to us in Herod, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mountain. It's like God is saying to you, You've been the same too much. Change. Change your guess. You know, even when you are driving a car, a manual, you change the gears. If ever you drive because it's too much. Even in life, you need to change your jazz. Shift to a higher jazz so that you can cruise in your life. If you want to cruise, it means you have to, uh, to drive your life at a higher gear. So my prayer, be aware that God was tired of them being in. They cannot camp forever at Mount Sinai. They needed to move on because Mount Sinai was not the destiny. The destiny was the promised land, the Canaan. Now they cannot stay at Mount Sinai. Amen. Amen. 
Okay, let's continue. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountain of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains and in the lowlands, in the south and on the sea coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as, as the great river, the river Euphrates. Amen. Now here the Bible clearly puts it across that you need to go and occupy the land. You know, most of us, are we prepared? What are you going to do with whatever is your inheritance? You need to use it effectively. So a vision gives you a sense of purpose. A vision makes you to, to use your resources in a meaningful manner simply because you understand that you have a vision about their life. So here Moses was reminding the people that God has his glory and has his covenant with them and assured them of his presence. So be aware that wherever you are, if you have a vision, God's presence will be with you. God's guidance will be with you. God will be with you to guide each and every step that you take in your life. So it's quite important that you should know that you are not alone, but God is with you. Amen. He tells them to turn and take their journey. They cannot afford to camp for too long. Like I said, they cannot afford to camp for too long in one place. If ever life happens, they did the same uh, yesterday, today, and forever. There's something wrong. Amen. They needed to depart to the promised land. The extent of God's gifts was enormous, even as people were enormous. There were many, but God is not limited with gifts that he has for each and every one of you. The promises of God are not to the limited few. You can enjoy the promises of God if you tap in the presence of God and God ask God for guidance. So don't say, you are part of that. It's just that when we you don't trust yourself. You don't believe what God can do through you. So I, I wish God can open your eyes of understanding that you lack initiatives to start acting on that which God has said about your life so that Luana Okewe Obalomodipampiri. Oh, okay. Okay. So every promise and vision God puts on you has a demand. We cannot afford to be complacent. When you have a vision, there is a demand for that vision. There is action that is expected of you. Amen. So entering the promised land needs a different attitude and commitment. If ever you want to enter in a land that God has promised, not just Canaan. Sometimes we, we read the Bible as a history book. Canaan, it's your promised land. I don't know what is your promised land. So you need to be aware that you need to, be, to have a different attitude. You need to want to be an achiever. You know, I like it when you, you, you watch the athletes, especially those that are runners. I mean, even if they are very tired and the, the, the end is not very far from where they have to go, from where they are, they still try. Even if Bakasa, they will reach the, the end line. So be like that. Have a passion, have a vision. Be aware. You didn't join the race for the sake of joining the race. You joined the race to go to the finish line. So try to reach the finish line in your life, which is very key. Have determination in your with your with your life amen so be aware that you need that attitude of a winner an attitude of more than a conqueror so we cannot afford to be stagnant we don't have the luxury to be stagnant in life amen habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 
It says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. Haribuaka Ewina, we are talking about the one who ran the race up until the end, not those who, joined, who just joined the race. Most of us as Christians, we are born again, we have joined the race, but we never think about the future. We don't think about the bigger plan. That's why the Bible says, work out your own salvation. Work out that which God wants you to achieve in your life. Amen. So fulfillment of vision would not take any longer than God has planned. Just be aware, not about the microwave. You don't know the plan of God. That's why you should allow God to guide each and every step because God knows when you are supposed to achieve that land, that, 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 that plan or the vision of your life or whatever he has for you in store. Amen. Let's talk about Daniel, Joseph. Okay, let's talk about Joseph. Joseph, as you know, his brothers didn't love him because he was a dreamer. But that dreamer was a picture of a vision of what God would do through his life. It didn't come easy. It took years. I don't know how many years before he was a prime minister of Egypt. And that meant uh, he was going to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. But thank God that it took a while. There was jail in the uh, there was jail between, there were so many things that happened between before he became the, the president or uh, the prime minister of Israel, of Egypt. But that was still a vision unfolding. So sometimes you may experience some jail, you may experience some difficulties. Don't give up. Hold on to your vision because God knows that he has a plan for you. I mean, think about Esther. He was just a little girl when they went to Babylon. But now, the uncle told him that, Esther, don't forget, God can use anything. But if you are willing to be used by God to liberate the children of Israel, you have to do what God tells you to do. And Esther, irrespective that she was a queen, she was willing to be identified with the children of Israel. I don't know, Horowena, you are willing to be identified with who? So that you can achieve your purpose or your vision in life. Amen. So it's very key. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So if it's no, why are we giving up? On our visions. Why do we allow our visions to die? Why do we allow challenges to rob us the promises of God? So there will be difficulties, there will be challenges, but the destiny is clear according to God because God has got a plan for your life. God wants you to prosper. God wants to you to go to another level in your life. Amen. So realize that God works in the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, Joseph was able to liberate the children of Israel from a hunger that was happening. I mean, there was drought, there was no food and so on. So the children of Israel, that's how they came to Egypt. Joseph was the prime minister of Egypt and that's why he rescued the nation of Israel because it might have been distinct because of hunger in the nation, because there was no food, there was nothing in the nation. And now they were saved by coming to Egypt so that God can still continue his purposes with the children of Israel. Amen. 
The Bible here, the scripture that we just read, makes it clear that God is unable to change what he said. The question is, what is it that God has said to you? Why do you think that it has changed? You have changed it, but God will never change it. God says, I will I'm not human that I should change my mind. That's what it says in that scripture. So he cannot lie. He cannot even sugarcoat certain things. We like sugarcoating sometimes, talking things that are not realistic. And that's why we don't achieve certain things. You are lazy, but you want to be a successful businessman. Because you need to be uh, courageous. You need to be active. You need to be involved. You need to put your energy in that which God has called you to do. I mean, we are aware that you are lazy and we are saying to you, you are the head and not the tail. You'll never see that. You'll never see that. I mean, the Bible is very practical. Amen. So be aware that God cannot break his promise of life to his people. Whatever God has promised you, you will never break it, but you can disappoint God by not acting on the promise, by allowing your circumstances to, to dictate the terms of your life. So sometimes you have to go against the, 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 the tide. You have to go against anything negative coming your way and still stand and confess the power of the word of God. Amen. So the demands of visions are, vision has got its own demands. Be aware that there are certain things that it's demanded of you to do. First is obedience. You need to have core values which shape the right behavior. Acts chapter 26 verse 19. Paul says, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Why was Paul saying that? Paul was arrested for preaching the gospel. And now he was explaining to King Agrippa why he is he, he's arrested. And now he's clear that he was obedient to the vision of God. Because you still remember the uh, Damascus experience where Jesus asked Paul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing whatever it is? And from there, Paul's eyes of understanding, the spiritual eyes of understanding were enlightened. And, excuse me. Paul started following the vision of God, and that's why he was so passionate, even if when he was arrested, I mean, the book of Philippians, he wrote it whilst in jail, and he's talking about being joyful, he rejoice, again I say rejoice in the Lord, even if he's in pain, he rejoices in the Lord because he understands the vision of God, and in jail, he managed to reach far more people. In jail, preaching the gospel inside jail. So most of us, when we are arrested for the gospel's sake, we keep quiet for life. But it was not so with Paul because he had passion for the work of God. Amen. John chapter 5 verse 30. It says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. So most of us, we mix our, our vision and with God's vision, and that's why it becomes selfish. It's all about you. It's not about the work of God. Sometimes God wants to send you to places. I mean, Bishop's vision is to establish a thousand church in his lifetime. How possible is that if ever we are selfish, we don't want to go to rural areas and establish the work of God? 
When you want to go to places where there is just comfort, you don't want to go to other countries to go and preach the gospel of God. Vision will take you out of your comfort zone. Vision will take you in a place whereby when you continue doing the work of God, God will take care of you. Amen. So vision will demand a change. That's the second thing. First thing is obedience. The second one is change. It wants you to change. Change the way you've been thinking. Change the way you've been doing things because you cannot continue doing the same things and want to, and want to achieve the vision that God has put before you. Uh, adjust your present to fulfill God's purpose about your life. You need to adjust your present. If ever you're a bit lazy, you don't want to wake up and pray. If ever you don't want to do your devotions and so on, you need to change a little bit because through prayer and devotion, God speaks to you. God tells you something about your life and you need to change as you observe the way of God. So vision pushes you into the unknown. You start... Uh, you. you it comes to a point whereby you cannot depend on your own intellect. You cannot depend on your own understanding. That's why Proverbs 3 from verse 5, it says, Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God. Know that it is God who guides you in everything that you do. That's the purpose of vision. And we need to continue evaluating how we do life so that we are always aligned with the purposes of God. Amen. Let's read Philippians chapter 3 from verse 12 to 16. It reads thus, Not that I have already attained or I am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Bazalwani, this is what the Bible says. Don't think that being born again you've achieved. You haven't achieved, you are starting. There's a promise. There's still Canaan land. There are so many things that God has in store for you. So being born again is entrance level. But if ever you want to go uh, to continue in life, you will understand when Paul says, not that I have already attained or already perfect, but I press on. You must push on in life. There are so many things that God wants to reveal to us. God is looking for people. I mean, look at the condition of the world today. It needs you and me to go out into the world, preach the gospel so that people can come to know the truth of the power of God. We have Christians, but it's like we are over overwhelmed or overcome by darkness. Meanwhile, you are the light. And the Bible clearly puts it across that there's no way that the darkness can overcome the light. So now the church of God, as a light, go into the nation, preach the gospel, start changing. I mean, you realize the, mobile, the moral fiber of our society is not where it's supposed to be. The world is waiting for you. And you are scared. You are not pressing on in the things of God. You are not allowing God to use you mightily to be a change agent in your own environment. And my prayer is that may your eyes of understanding be enlightened. Realize that the world needs the peace of God that you have in your life. Amen. Verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Basalwani, you are created to have fellowship with God. 
God created you because he loves you. God wants to have fellowship with you. Now, what is this upward call? It's a call whereby you walk closer with your God. You walk knowing and understanding the ways of God. And as you walk closer with God, you influence others to walk closer with God. The upward calling is understanding that we are not just flesh and blood. When we die, it's not the end of our lives, but we are spirits. So you work out your salvation so that when you die, we can connect with your heavenly father through your spirit. I don't know if it makes sense, Bazalani. So live a life as one who understands that Dying is not the end of your life, but dying is going to your heavenly father. And can you imagine, I mean, even in the natural, if you embarrass your father, it's not easy to go back to your home. So can you imagine if ever you are embarrassing our heavenly father here here on earth, how would you go back to him? And unfortunately, once you die, you you don't have an opportunity to correct that. So work out your upward call in Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay. Verse 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are matured, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Now here Paul is emphasizing that we should have that mind of Christ, the the mind of upward calling. The mind of understanding that the kingdom of God is the thing. It doesn't matter to achieve anything, but your soul is lost to God. You need to live a life that is worthy of the calling, a life where you understand that your relationship with God is intact. Then your vision is clear. You might be poor here on earth. You'll be like Lazarus. The Bible says Lazarus, even if in his poverty, he knew God as Jehovah. And that's why the Bible says when he died, he was found on the bosom of Abraham. May it be that irrespective of the challenges of life, one thing for sure, you will always say God is Jehovah. God is almighty. God is the one who gave with the very breath because what does he have to have anything? I mean that story in the book of Luke, it's very clear that the rich man had everything. I mean to a point that Lazarus was eating from the crumbs that fell from the table but truth be told, Lazarus could not, uh, the rich man could not enjoy the upward calling which you are called and that's why the Bible says we need to have that kind of mind verse 16 Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. The same rule is understanding Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our life. Understanding the redemption that we find through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. That is very key. Amen. The third thing is boldness. Vision gives you boldness. You know, some people will be shy to do whatever they want to do. But when you have a vision, you'll be bold. You'll come up. You'll act differently to everybody else. You'll understand what is the risk of not attaining whatever God has called you to do. You'll, You'll do life differently than other people simply because you understand the purpose of vision. Let's read in Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. It reads thus, be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now here they were still on the other side of Jordan River. And now Moses has just died. And now God is saying to Joshua, be strong. 
be of good courage because you need to lead these people. Your purpose, your vision is to take these people to the other side of Jordan land and be able to divide the land for them. Now, can you imagine if ever Joshua doesn't understand this vision, they wouldn't have crossed Jordan River. God would have to look for someone different who will take them over to the promised land. And now, may it be that God doesn't have an alternative simply because you are pressing on with the vision that God has given you. Amen. So it's very key. The fourth thing, vision demands commitment. You cannot be casual when you have a vision for the things of God. It demands commitment, devotion, and hard work. You must be devoted, you must be dedicated to the things of God. Don't be casual in your walk with God. Don't do it because you have extra time. Do it because you are intentional. If ever they tell you that on such and such a time, you need to be somewhere, you weigh the facts and you check your diary. If it's church day, if it's convention like it's coming, you say, no ways, I'm not available. Plan these things and God, you may think that you'll be missing a meeting, but you'll never understand that what God will do for you because sometimes you don't need to be in that meeting. You need to be in the church to get wisdom and understanding and you will be called, you'll be head-picked because you are needed. So may God, may you find favor with God simply because you understand prioritizing the things of God in everything that you do with your life. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6, it reads thus, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its end, for the people had the mind to work. I mean, it was not easy to build the wall to that level, simply because there was war against them. There were Sanballats who were against them. There were Tobias who were against them. It was not easy. They were building with swords. A builder is never carrying a sword, but this one, it was different because there were enemies against what they were doing. So they were prepared to, be, to protect the work of God. If ever it's time for battle, they will fight. But if it's time for work, they will go back and work. So my prayer is that fight your battles, still focus on doing the work of God. And God who's faithful will give you victory. Amen. The fifth thing, continual prayer. When you have vision, continue praying. Let's read that from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 to 19. It says, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that the utterance may be given to me, that I may be open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Bazalwani, here Paul is putting clear to say, we need to pray always. And Ukraar, it's a petition. You know, you know, you understand petitions as South Africans. We always go to the parliament. We always go to whoever, bring our petitions before them. What does that mean? Bring in an awareness that the people are, are suffering. Rather, you speak on behalf of the people. You are an mediator. So the Bible says we should do that because it's not easy to achieve your vision without bringing a petition before God. So continually pray for God's intervention so that God can change the hearts of those people so that they can understand your plight and give you your demands. 
Does it make sense? So now when you have a vision, don't think that because everything is okay. It doesn't work like that. You continue praying. You continue believing God. You continue creating an atmosphere conducive for your vision to be fulfilled. Amen. The sixth thing is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Basalwani, we are charismatics, not only charismatic, we are Pentecostal. And Pentecostal, it means we believe in being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is the, is the part of Trinity who, who lives inside, who guides us to be our teacher, to be our counselor, and to be our comforter. So continue being led by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will speak to you revealing things that are hidden to others. You know when you are guided by the Holy Spirit, you won't lead and you won't lead an ordinary life because you'll see opportunity where others see challenges. You'll see things differently because the Holy Spirit will say, "Just be courageous, go in." Everybody is 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 refusing to join and be part of the thing, but you say, "I know the Holy Spirit told me that I should be part of this thing because God is faithful." We have a powerful. T- we are empowered, Bazalwani, by the Holy Spirit to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Never look down upon the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life because it's the Spirit you need to help you to overcome whatever challenges you have in life. Amen. So. Uh, allow the leadership of the Holy Spirit to guide you through your vision. Amen. Number seven, have foresight, insight, and oversight. What does that mean? A foresight is like a telescope. It shows you the future. It helps you to look what is ahead and it connects you to the future. Have that thing of knowing what's before you. Understand there is a promised land. God says to Joshua, be courageous because after crossing Jordan, there is this land that you need to occupy. They were not very far from uh, reaching their promise. So all they needed it was to, be, to have good courage to be able to enter Canaan land. Amen. So it's like foresight. Know what's before you. Know what are the promises of God. Because if you don't know the promises of God, you live like a person who doesn't have a vision. Because why should you be, have passion for future that you don't know what it, how it has for you? Know what are the promises of God. Know what God has in store for you so that you can enjoy what's before you. The other thing is that have insight. Insight is like a microscope. It gives an understanding why things happen in life. It gives you a close, you, you give a closer look at the things. It gives you context to whatever you are doing. It gives you understanding of why you are doing whatever you are doing in life. Amen. And the other thing he says, oversight, you need to have oversight. It's foresight, inside and oversight. Oversight is like a best eye view of life. Allow God to give you the best IV because God is Alpha, God is Omega, God knows it all. So when you trust in the living God, God is able to guide you. He helps you to understand the bigger picture so that when you achieve, you should know that in that corner there's an accident. I mean, most of us, we are using Google Map to go wherever. And Google Map will tell you there's an accident, take an alternative route and so on. That's a, a, a best eye view of understanding what is happening around your, your uh, environment or your situation. So we need that for us to understand the vision of God about our lives. Amen. In conclusion, to accomplish any vision, 
is to take it from the unseen world and bring it into the natural world. Vision says you are operating in the fourth dimension. Do you still remember the teaching here, fourth dimension? You call things as though that are not, as though they are in the spirit. You create a world because the Bible says we are made in the image of God. We are like God. God created the world from nothing. He had a vision and he spoke to, to, to whatever element so that things are created. You have the ability to do that. So when you have a vision, you'll speak the life over your situation. You'll speak the preferred future that you want to see in your life. You'll be someone who understands that it starts in the unseen world. And in the unseen world, it's through prayer and understanding the spiritual world. Then you will create a world that you prefer and it will come to pass as you confess, as you act on it, as you give it your passion and your energy. Amen. And what is key? You need to write it down. Write down your vision so that every time you go back to see where am I, how far am I, what have I accomplished thus far, write it down. When you write down a vision, I mean, an architect, before this building was built, an architect drew the plans. He knew that I need so many doors so that when so many people are in the house, should there be an incident, they should be able to escape and do that. I need so many doors so that it's easy to access. Can you imagine an architect building this building with one door only? Now, he, possibly he started, she started with one door, but along the way, he started thinking practically. How to make this building to be practical for everyone? How to create certain things, put them at a certain space? There's a reason why. And an architect had to think about it. It was not there. It was not there before, but he had to think about it and put it on paper to say, I need so many doors, I need so many sides, I need so many, whatever it is, I need a stage that is a bit higher so that everybody can have a, a clear view. I need this, I need that. I need aisles so that chairs are not all over the church. I need this. That is a picture of your preferred. So what is your future like? Once you can be an architect of your life, you start understanding the bigger picture. And those who see, that's why Habakkuk says, write it down so that those who see it can run with it. An architect doesn't build. But when the builders see the drawings of the architect, the builders will run with the building and they'll be able to build. So the life is like that. My prayer is that have vision for your life so that whenever Otsamo Chichiriza, someone who says, from the drawing, you are going somewhere. You are not aligned with the drawing. You are able to correct the mistakes that you've done because the vision is clear, the vision is written down. So my prayer is that have a vision for your life. Understand that God wants you to prosper. Amen. That we read in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. It says, Then the Lord answered and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. May it be that people don't stumble. They understand what is it that you wanted to do. Even if you can leave your vision half done, when someone sees it, they will understand. They will be able to complete it. Just like uh, Moses. Moses died in the, in the desert. Moses was supposed to take the children of God to the promised land. But unfortunately, life happens. And as life happens, Joshua was there because the vision was clear to say, go over to go over Jordan so that people can uh, uh, occupy the land that God has given unto them. Amen. It says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. 
Sometimes it delays. I mean, the children of Israel, they were in captivity for 70 years. But thank God for people who were not even settled when they were in captivity. Someone read to say, after 70 years, they must be out of captivity. And that's why they were released. It took time. And when God said 70 years, it will take 70 years. There are certain things that because we don't know the purposes and the plans of God about our life, we want microwave, uh, quick fix things. That's why we miss the point. I mean, Bishop once made an illustration about a butterfly, stages of a butterfly, but when it's an ugly caterpillar, when it's, it doesn't look good, it doesn't have wings and so on, you cannot assist it because it needs us to struggle a, a bit to strengthen its lungs, to strengthen its body so that when it becomes a butterfly, it can fly. But once you can try to assist it out of that cocoon, you are going to kill the animal or you are going to disable it because you have interfered with the progress of development. So my prayer is that during that time when it's tough and rough, during, when you are trying to realize your vision, realize that God is developing your lungs. God is developing your muscles. God is doing something. Continue confessing the word of God until you reach the promised land. Amen. Let us pray. Father, here are your children. I know you have a purpose for each and every one of them. Daddy, some of them, they are discouraged. They are the, like the children of Israel who have put down their herbs. They cannot even have a song in their hearts simply because life has been tough for them. But Daddy, this morning I pray, may it be that they will pick up their harp. They will pick up their vision, run with it, knowing that you as God, Jehovah, you know the appointed time for this vision to be fulfilled. Father, I come against any spirit of discouragement upon each and every one of them. I pray, mighty God, be the one that, Father God, will help them to have passion for their visions. Understanding that you, as God, the, as God Jehovah, you'll give them breakthrough in this life in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray even for those that aspire for greatness. May they realize that determination and purpose must be great also because the bigger the task, the bigger the challenges. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor and adoration for we know that what is impossible with men, it's possible with you. And when we walk closer with you, we know we can achieve what is impossible for we've been made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.